0: What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host Steve Hillen, along with your fellow football host Alex the Marine Ruiz. Thank you for your service, Matt Bear Kaczynski Keep living heavy, kid. We are here to predict some NFL football potentially as Week One is upon us, and I know that the three of us on this show, as well as our listeners, are. Definitely amped up that the NFL football season is finally here. Nope, I hate
1: football. (laughs) No, it's the worst sport in the history of mankind.
0: As Alex says, it's basically like Christmas morning in some cases, maybe even better. But here we are. Uh, College football is going to be going into its second week. The NFL kicks off tomorrow night with the Thursday night season opener. We'll get into that as well as all of the other games make a couple of uh, predictions maybe, give out some betting advice. But first, before we get into all that, we will start off with our drink of the night brought to you by String Sports Brewery. And because of this football season, what does that typically mean, gentlemen? <laughs> Miller Lite. There you go. Almost like I know you. Almost like you know me. What do you guys got? Uh,
1: I didn't make one yet. Um, I'm trying to – I don't know. Uh, it's either going to be, do I, I forget what I have. The shilling, I got a shilling cider. Oh, do you uh, ever do
0: any like just tequila waters and lime?
1: Uh, no, because I don't have any, Uh, I don't have any just soda. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with screwball.
0: There you go. Would you drink a tequila water and lime?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, ha- hammer those without the gluten, and there you go.
1: There's no gluten in screwball, though, so I'm going to pour some of in the box right now in Daddy's sippy cup. And, uh...
0: <laughs> what about you, Matt? What you got?
1: I found me a new athletic beer called
2: Free Wave, and it's a high uh, hazy IPA, and uh, damn, is it delicious. Well, there you go.
0: All right, so that's what we're strapped and ready to roll with. Let's um, get into some NFL news before we – Preview week one. We'll start off with the uh, the back in the Brinks truck up out there in San Francisco. Nick Bosa ends the holdout. He gets the extension. Five-year extension. $170 million. $122.5 million guaranteed. It's a $34 million a year average. Makes him the highest non-quarterback paid player in the league. It's the highest defensive paid player contract in the history of the NFL. I mean, what do you expect? He's coming off defensive player of the year. He's been consistently a top one or two pass rusher in the league since he's come into the league. Eventually somebody was going to reset the market and it might as well be Nick Bosa. Congratulations, St.
2: Thomas Aquinas alumni. I mean, yeah. uh, I know Alex already made his point on it, but uh, good chat. Granted, they don't right now, but They are not setting themselves up for quarterback market at all, if needed. No. Well, I mean, if if Purdy is their guy, they've got him on a rookie deal for three more years. They'll worry about it in
0: three years. I mean, the deal had to get done. Um, It makes a lot of sense. Some of their higher-priced guys in three years' time will get either uh, restructured or cut. So we'll see. But overall, I mean, the deal makes way too much sense. So that was uh, headline number one. Headline number two came more on the injury front. We were hearing in the news about the hamstring issue with Cooper Cup. He's officially been ruled out week one for the Rams and their game against Seattle, so a big loss in a division game. And then obviously the, the other big news was the, uh, the Travis Kelsey hyperextension of the knee listed as questionable in that game uh, to open up the season tomorrow night at home against the Lions got to monitor that Chris Jones already not playing for the Chiefs because of his contract holdout so I mean if you take away the best defensive player on the Chiefs and then the best offensive player not Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs boy oh boy that's a pretty big freaking blow and we'll get into that as we preview the games but it's a good segment because that is the first game on the slate it's the Thursday nighter opening up the NFL season, the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs as much as it pays me to say it. So this game, the line, uh, the spread opened up at six and a half. The Kelsey announcement with the Chris Jones holdout moved the line down to five and a half. Chiefs minus five and a half over under 52 and a half. We'll start off with this, boys. Out of, the, out of all of your bets that you've been looking at this week, do any of you have – a play on this game at all as one of your top three. I would. Yeah? What do you got?
1: I would take Detroit. Well,
0: Detroit plus the five and a half? Yep. All right, so what we'll do, Alex, is since you announced it, we'll let you have the first, the first wager selection, and we'll let you take Detroit plus the five and a half as your top play or one of your top three plays of the week. So that means, Matt, you can go next with your play. But before we do that, let's get into this game, boys. If it's no Kelsey and it's no Chris Jones, I mean, that's a huge impact on this Chiefs game. Does that – I mean, would you even go as far to say that that's a big enough impact that the Lions could pull this upset?
1: I don't Um, even think it would be an upset. I I mean, looking at – Looking at the Chiefs roster, it's it's Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey on offense, right? And what they've been known for is being able to get down the field and score points. Isaiah Pacheco is not going to be the only one that can fucking do that for them. You go and start looking at their backup tight end, they don't have one. You start looking at their wide receivers, and they're they're relying on an injury-prone Justin Roskitt, Darius Toney, and Richie James, who had one decent year with the New York Giants last year and was traded for. So, if that's your if that's what you're coming out to premiere with against last year's first five weeks top scoring offense of the league and then top five scoring in the last seven weeks, you're fucked. I, I don't know what to tell you. Defending Super <laughs> Bowl champions or not, you know, Kansas City is about to get that the the fucking beat down of a lifetime right now. And anybody putting money on the Chiefs is gonna be real fucking upset when they lose.
0: And it's interesting too, um, because right now the betting public, you got fifty-three percent of the tickets are on the Chiefs in that spread uh, as well as 55% of the money is on the over so the public still likes the Chiefs to cover regardless of uh, the news that has come out recently so, so I actually we'll see. I actually take a little
2: bit of a different take on this real quick so <clears throat> I actually think the bigger issue don't get me wrong yeah Kelsey's gonna hurt but You know, I think the Chiefs will be able to still find ways to move the ball. Um, I don't think Kelsey is the only – I mean, he's the only key piece. But I just find it hard – I'm hard-pressed to believe that Mahomes is not going to still find guys in a run game, still not going to do something. The bigger, I think, question for the Chiefs and how to come out and, you know, live up to your expectations of being the Chiefs to open up is Jones is going to hurt. Not having him, I mean, that's going to put some pressure on that D-line. And guess what? If Goff ain't, is rushed, uh, I'm sorry, Goff can fucking spin the ball and he can catch it deep. Look out for Detroit to, I think, take advantage of the fact that they're maybe going to have an ability to be able to work more in the backfield and have more spacing there. Plus, uh, let's not forget, um, why am I blanking on his name? And I'm really annoyed right now. Um, running back, rookie. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, thank you. You also got Jameer Gibbs.
1: You this? forgot Jameer Gibbs? I didn't forget Jameer Gibbs. I, I forgot his name for a second. Leave me alone. Uh,
0: well, I mean, with no Chris Jones, the Detroit Lions offensive line is, is definitely the big
2: advantage in this game right now. I think that's going to be the bigger focal point than Kelsey being out. And I think people are going to look at it like Kelsey being out is a bigger problem. It's
1: really not. Kelsey, Kelsey can play tomorrow, right? And they can they can have him on a snap count to prevent further injury, so they're not screwed farther down the line in the season. It's not gonna make much of a difference for him. He's not gonna draw. He's gonna draw a double coverage, but Kadarius Tony ain't gonna do shit. Justin Ross ain't gonna do shit. Isaiah Pacheco ain't gonna do shit. So, so where are we, where that's we that's at? That. They got an R. They got an RBC behind that offensive line. The only factor they have is Pat Mahomes, and yeah, he. Pat Mahomes is good. Pat Mahomes is good. I'm not knocking him. But if you ain't got nobody to throw to, they're not just going to magically get open. You got second and third stringers as your starters. That's a problem. Yeah, but you got to remember. And and the problem with that, right, the problem with that is how much money they invested into friggin' Patty Mahomes. Okay, but part of it,
2: too, is you got to remember, Detroit's still going to give up points. Like, yes, they made some improvements on defense. (laughs) They're not going to be a stout, stop dead, you know, punch in the mouth defense that's not the style of defense they play the Chiefs are still going to score but I think you're going to be able to see Detroit be able to keep up better because you're going to be able to move the ball more effectively on offense than teams are probably used to because I think Chris Jones is that big of a focal point on that defense and can yeah, cause Chris Jones
0: added- changes the math
2: especially at the line of scrimmage that's and the in point the run game. game the point of attack for the offensive line is going to be a bigger point for the Detroit than Mahomes not being able to throw to Kelsey. Now, don't get me wrong. You're 100% accurate in the fact that Kelsey is what bails them out in no man's land. Because when yeah. you're in no man's land, Kelsey's the bailout. He's going to get the ball in space. He's going to be able to make a catch. He's going to probably get some yards after it. That's going to hurt. And you're 100% accurate. that They got really no big names when all is said and done that are step-up guys who could be number ones. They don't have that. But here's the thing. They wouldn't have had that even with Kelsey. So, yeah. I-, I mean, realistically, the offense is probably not going to look – I guess stylistically that different, it's just different players. Now, granted, Kelsey's a big loss. So don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm laughing at the fact, like, or, you know, discrediting it. It's just, I think, look out for Detroit's offensive line to be the bigger focal point of taking advantage of the weaknesses in the chiefs. And And I think that's
0: where the Chris Jones thing Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing, you know, I mean, Kansas City's strength on defense is the off ball linebackers and the speed that Nick Bolton has and Leo Chennault, and then the secondary what? with Legereus Sneed what? and Chet McDuffie, I think that the running game for the Lions is going to be a big deal. And you mentioned no pass catchers for the Chiefs. What? I mean, outside of Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions, you're talking about Josh Reynolds and and freaking Marvin Jones. It's not like it's a whole uh, slew of weapons with Detroit either. So, And they're relying on two rookies in their first game in the NFL to be focal points in the offense with – Laporta and Gibbs, so we'll see how it goes. It's not like the Lions are going to come in there steamroll on the defending Super Bowl champs, but the five and a half that Alex has on the Lions, I like that play a lot. Yes. I'd like it even better if it would have been the plus six. If we get if you get them at the plus six and a half, um, but if you haven't made a wager on this one, I would keep looking at that line, follow that line because you got to have a number that you're either in love with or, or you're not in love with. Like if this goes down to, you know, four and a half or four by the time it kicks off tomorrow, you may want to rethink it. But the, the Lions at the five and a half right now, I like that a whole lot. So that's what Alex has got as his top pick. Now, next game on the slate, we've got San Francisco and Pittsburgh. We obviously talked about Nick Bosa getting his uh, extension. You've got really the two two of the top three or four pass rushers in the league in this game tj Watt for the steelers nick bosa for the 49ers we'll see how brock purdy does after coming off of that uh that elbow injury right now it's 49ers minus two and a half point road favorites over under 41 and a half before we just preview the matchup matt are any of your picks in this game uh no I don't have one either, so we'll stay off of the picks here. If we look at it, the minus two and a half for the 49ers, uh, the over, wonder, over under 41 and a half. This is Vegas telling us that we think that both defenses will probably get off to a faster start than both of the offenses. Schematically, here's where, here's the biggest matchup you got to look at. You got to look at TJ Watt going up against basically a backup right tackle, a first year starter for the San Francisco 49ers. And that could be the matchup that wreaks havoc on the 49ers when it comes to getting into any kind of a rhythm from the passing game. We know that Shanahan can scheme up the running game better than anybody in the league. The Steelers' front seven has been stout for years and years with the guys they got like Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. So it'll be a great matchup at the front seven versus the offensive line. But when it comes to the passing game, TJ Watt disrupting the rhythm of Brock Purdy and his ability to get the ball out on time to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. That is a key to this game. How do you boys see this? Um,
2: I think that this is a really, really tough matchup for the 49ers. Um, I'm not going to sit and say that the 49ers are going to be like some bad team by any means, but. I I do think you're going to see a little weakness in them because I think that Pittsburgh's going to be able to impose a lot of will on defense. Um, Defenses usually seem to click a little quicker sometimes coming out of the gate. Um, Some offenses take a little bit for rhythm. Um, Brock Purdy's been injured. I don't expect the 49ers to get into their groove and rhythm week one against Pittsburgh. Um, I just don't see it. I don't think it's going to – I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Pittsburgh's going to, like, manhandle them. But I think they're going to definitely have an advantage um, defensively, in my humble opinion. I like Watt. I think Watt's going to have a great game. I think he's going to literally obviously be the focal point. Um, But I think you're going to see a good game from Pickett too. So I don't think – you know, you're going to have an interesting QB matchup too. Um, Yeah, two second-year guys. I think Pickett's going to have the better game. Not going to sit and say anything more in terms of long-term predictions, but I think Pickett's going to have the better game to open the season. Um, I just think there's there's just going to take a little bit of like get the ball rolling for San Francisco. By no means am I saying that they're going to be a bad team, Alex. A- what's your key to this game?
1: This is I have this game going either way to be completely honest. I mean, Matt touched base yep. on it, right? Kenny Pickett needs to he needs to have a he needs to have a a, a big a big performance. Um, Najee Harris has to be really good for him. Um, defense for Steelers, it's you know steel friggin' curtain. So they, that they're they're going to improve. It's not like they got worse. Um, the interesting aspect I'm I'm looking to see is the Picket to Pickens connection, right? We heard about it all off season, and it seems like it's developing yep. really smooth. So. It'll be interesting. They're going to need it. It'll be interesting to see what happens there, but it's it's hard for me to lean against Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, just given what Brock Purdy did in his seven starts. Yeah, he's coming off an injury, but it's an elbow injury. It's not it's not like a guy can't use his legs and get open and, and buy some time to throw the ball, which we've seen him do. Um, yeah,
2: elbow well, injury is actually huge, but okay.
1: Uh, regardless of that, I, I it's it's tough for me to pick one way or the other to be completely honest. I like this game. I'm actually gonna tune into this one because it's it's my it's my preferred matchup this this week. Um,
0: that's gonna be your your top one o'clock game to watch. Yeah,
1: that's the one that I, I'm gonna have to have on the screen. Like I need to watch that one this weekend. Uh, yeah, just I it, it's not one. even like early season type situation for me. It's those two teams, depending on how they perform, in week one against each other, being the powerhouses that they are right now will determine how well they do in the season. And that's what I'm kind of looking for. Um, I think the key, the key to this one is Brock Purdy picking up where he left off from. Right. And that success that he had before he got injured in that, in that playoff game. Um, If he can continue that right where he left off and currently all signs point to that with him winning the starting job over the other two guys, um, then it's it's going to be another Kyle Shanahan shit show against a team that normally stops people from scoring. They're going to find ways to score, so um, it could go either way, right? I'm excited about it. It's it's the closest game I have all, all week. It's it by by far. Like there's there's not going to be a better game. Yeah, okay. it's a,
0: it's a tough one. I expect it to be a good matchup. I think because you know the strength of both teams, the defense, elite pass, rushers. Yeah, I'm, I'm not putting we'll money see. on
1: this one because I, I there's no sure there's no sure side on this one.
0: Yeah, this one's a stay away from all three of us. This next game on the slate is a NFC South divisional matchup. You got Carolina and Atlanta. Right now it's the Falcons minus three and a half home favorite. The over under is 39 and a half. Uh, before we get into some keys and preview in the game, Matt, do you have a play anywhere in
2: this game? Nah. So uh, I, well, um, I will say, I will say, yeah. I was on the fence of taking the over, but I, I re- had to rethink it, and I'm like, nah. Okay,
0: well, I'm going to take it off the table then because I am going to take the over are on, you? 30, okay. on 39 and a half with this one. I don't, um, and I just go ahead, but who, yeah. here's what I think. I think have? both teams are going to use the running game a lot early, and I think what's going to happen is there's going to be. Uh, some there's going to be efficiencies, especially when they get down into the red zone, and there's going to be some play action. I would not be surprised if you see Drake London have himself a opening day touchdown. I mean, thirty nine and a half. You need forty points. That's I mean, if you get me twenty one twenty, which these teams do, um, they play each other tight, and it's usually yeah, it's somewhere kind of around story. that. So I think that the scoring doesn't have to be insane in order for this over to come in. And because it's a divisional matchup, even though there's a rookie quarterback with Bryce Young and a set, and basically a, a rookie quarterback with Desmond Ritter, I think both teams will use the running games. And it's not like either of these teams is boasting an elite defense. So, I mean, there's going to be plays to be made. There's enough offensive skill on both sides of the ball. Um, so, I like the over as one of my top three plays this week. Now, as far as the matchup, We already kind of talked about it. Both these teams definitely going to use the running game um, efficiently. There's probably going to be some turnovers in the game because of the inexperience at quarterback. But I think that's also what makes this an intriguing watch is obviously first overall pick Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, year two, but
2: basically a rookie. What are you guys looking for in this one? Um, The reason why I held off is because I think their teams are going to get going. But I think it's going to just be two run heavy and not a lot of scoring. Um, but hey, I'm not. I'd be intrigued to see what will happen with it. But um, I think Atlanta's got a better. I think Atlanta stacks up better to enter this game, um, which could be interesting because again, it's a division game right out of the gate. This is going to be a crapshoot and a wild division in terms of who's going to be able to actually string together enough games to actually win uh, the division. And I mean, you know, if Atlanta comes out and wins, you got to look at them and go, okay, well, this could be the other team that could compete against the Saints, basically. Um, yeah. yeah. And Week One is always the toughest to predict. What's that? I said in Week One is always oh, the yeah. toughest week. Um, to I think Bijan's going to have a good game. I think he's going to have a good, a, a good start to his career. I'm not going to sit and say he's going to go off or anything because I don't think that'll happen. But I think he's going to have a really solid, nice game where you're going to go, okay, there's something here. And it's because the offensive line. I just like the line better for Atlanta than I do um, what Carolina's going to be throwing at you on defense. I also like that their offensive line. I think is better than Carolina's offensive line to begin with, which feeder yeah. to them. Um, well, and a key yeah. a key component
0: in this matchup is to, to keep your eye on by Sunday is does Carolina have Brian Burns rushing the passer or is he going to hold out? And if if he doesn't play with the experience that the Falcons have and the talent that they have on their offensive line, you give Ritter that much more time now to get guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London open down the field. I I like the sound of that. So, I mean, that's a key to look at. Alex, what are you looking at with this one?
1: Uh, My key matchup on this one, you guys heard me talk about them earlier. I think Carolina is going to perform a lot better than people are giving them credit for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I think, I think the big thing that I'm looking for is I want to see Desmond Ritter ain't shit to me. We know Desmond Ritter ain't going to do nothing. Atlanta's fighting for a friggin' top five pick this, this coming off season. They they are hoping that Arizona Cardinals get investigated for intentionally tanking and they can move up to the number one slot. That's how shitty <laughs> they are. So, um, will, sure. will there be some fight? Will there be some fight? Yeah. Drake London, Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, right? We, we know they've got some weapons, right? Tyler Algier was an 1,100, 11, 11, what, 12 1,300-yard rusher last year? as a rookie? Yeah, he was over 1,000 nope, for sure. Nobody that did that, so we know they're going to focus on the game. Drake London will get some looks. Kyle Pitts should get some looks now that they got Bijan. I would say if you're going to look at Atlanta, look at how the New York Giants use Saquon in his first year. That's how they're going to utilize Bijan. Um yeah. It'll be an interesting game. I, I think the over is a smart play. There's going to be a lot of scoring going on in this one, um, primarily because Desmond Ritter, while it's his second year, is basically a rookie, and Bryce Young is a rookie. And I like watching rookies play because nobody has game tape on them at the NFL level to be able to freaking pivot any of their defensive options in a way to take up for that. That's why rookies – they either, A, they suck, or they have really good success. So I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah. My My playmaker – in this situation this weekend um, is actually going to be on the Carolina Panther side. And that's Adam Thielen. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, veteran presence for a rookie dude, quarterback.
1: Dude is dropped off the map. Nobody talks about him. Nobody's watching him because he's over that 30 year mark, but he's consistently produced every single year. So um I think I'm, I think Bryce young would be smart to build off the connection he has made with him and utilize him heavily because he's one of the top veteran presences he has. So it's going to be a fun game.
0: Yeah, I like it. All right, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, a divisional matchup always has a little bit more um, intensity to it. This next one is the biggest spread of week one. It's Houston and Baltimore. Right now it's the Ravens minus 10. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. Either of you have a play in this game.
1: Wait, which one did you say? I didn't hear you.
0: Houston and Baltimore. Ravens minus ten over under forty three and a half.
1: Anybody putting money on this game is putting it on Baltimore and it's they're not gonna make anything off of it. They have to, they're yeah, have to I, pay they're gonna have to pay ten hundred thousand yeah. dollar bets to, to make out with any women. I
2: mean I mean, I'll be honest, the over
1: is intriguing. What is that one of Baltimore? your three?
2: Huh? Forty three and a half. Forty three and a half. I think it's gonna change by the time the game kicks off. Personally. Um I did. You know, I have I, 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 have a lot in my arsenal, uh, to be honest. So, I'm going to – you know what? I have – like, can pick top camp. three. Which one's your top play oh, I right know. now? What I, I, I'm i going to use this as one of mine. I'm going to take I, – I want the over on this game, actually. I think there's going to be scoring. All right. So, you want the over 43-and-a-half with Houston and
0: Baltimore. Yep. All right. I mean, we all have seen Baltimore – They're notorious for putting up big points early in the season. They've got the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. It's not going to be as run heavy and boring as it has been in the past. So I would not be
2: surprised if Baltimore does light up the scoreboard a little bit. I actually think more too. Houston will probably be playing from behind for a lot of the game, and it could get kind of wide through the middle. I think that's where Houston will end up showing up and – Having yeah, a couple, you know, what you would like to call garbage time touchdowns or points.
0: Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud's first game, right? You want to see how the rookie plays? He's probably yep. going to have, you know, some flash plays and some rookie moments, right? You guys, you guys
1: want me to give you a synopsis Bias. on it? I'll give you a quick synopsis on Stroud. You ready? Yeah. He'll perform okay. exactly like every other whole Ohio State quarterback has ever performed in the NFL. <laughs> there
0: you go. I don't expect this game to be um, competitive for – four quarters like Matt said probably some garbage time stuff towards the end uh the Ravens are a heavy favorite for a reason you know the Texans are a part of you know they're in rebuild mode they've got some young pillars D'Amico Ryan's you know first year rookie head coach I don't think that uh you'll see a ton of competitive plays out of Houston they'll battle for sure and like Matt said probably some garbage time stuff i this one, in terms of the the, the betting, if you were ever going to look at this game and make a play, Matt, Matt likes the over, that, that's probably the top play to make. The other option would be is if you use the Ravens in a teaser and you tease them down, um, you use that six-point teaser, you tease them down to minus four, and then you could also tease down the um, Washington Commanders in that same six-point Teaser to get Washington down to minus One and you'd have a nice little two team Teaser with uh, Washington Minus one and then Houston Or uh, Baltimore minus four That's just an option but Another Big time matchup week one is the Battle of Ohio boys Cincinnati and Cleveland Bengals minus two and a half Point favorite on the road Burrow's fine Burrow's gonna play the over under Is forty seven and a half do any of you guys have a uh, a play that you're locking in as one of your three in this game?
1: I, well, Matt, I'll let you go first.
0: No, Matt, just one. You can go if you want.
1: Yeah, you're good. Do you have one on this one? I do not. I, I have it. Okay. I've got the under. That's the under? I've got the under because I don't believe John <laughs> Watson's going to do shit. I mean
2: – Okay. My- All right.
0: So Alex mm-hmm. is locking in the under on forty-seven and a half yep. for Cincinnati, Cleveland.
1: Yep. And I'm and I'm going Cincinnati.
0: Oh, you want? Are you gonna? So you're also gonna go with the minus two and a half. You're doing two, of your three right here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't have to count them as two of my three, but I like both of those for this one. I I think it'll be a high-scoring game for for the Bengals. Um I mean it, it could it could easily be a, a 28 31 35 game for them, but Browns ain't gonna score points in this game. It's gonna be a tough road. Nick Stubb's gonna have a tough game coming back from injury. Just Tom ain't gonna do shit. Amari Cooper's gonna get pissed off. There's just a lot of things that are gonna go wrong with this game. <laughs>
0: sure.
1: I think that
0: um Cleveland Cleveland has the the opportunity to play Cincinnati tough only because, the Bengals have been slow starters to start the season, and this is the divisional game, and it's the Battle of Ohio. But if things don't go their way in the running game early and they can't kind of control the pace of play and they let the Bengals' offense get into rhythm, like Alex said, it could it could get ugly quick if the Bengals get into rhythm because we know how efficient they are when they do get into rhythm between passing and running with Mixon it could get out of reach for the Browns. The Browns have to make this into a slugfest, a, slug a dogfight, right? It's got to be controlled by Nick Chubb. It's got to be move the chains with Nick Chubb on the ground, find David Njoku over the middle in the play action, Amari Cooper on the outside of the numbers to move the sticks, Elijah Moore in the slot, Peoples-Jones in the red zone. Like that's got to be the, the recipe for success for Cleveland. And then obviously – Miles Garrett has to show up and dominate that Bengals offensive line, which we know has definitely given them problems in the past. Like that's the recipe for success for the Browns. Not saying that that's what's going to happen, but if they win, that's what's got to happen. Matt,
2: what do you see as a, as a key here? Um, I, I think just it being a division matchup, I think bodes to being an intriguing game. Uh, I do agree that I think the Bengals will probably look like a better team, but it just seems like Cleveland is pesky sometimes. Um, I think if they can get the ball moving with Chubb early enough, I think that'll be the focal point. And you could see the Browns keep it maybe moderately interesting, where it's not like a 35-10 to game. But...
1: The only way it becomes a high scoring game is if they're well, if it's
0: 35 ten, um, that's the under for Alex. If if, if, if
1: if it if it if it goes on the over, the only reason it goes on the over is because they're getting the ass beat so bad that 10 to go in the fourth, Cincinnati puts their second and third stringers in and it's garbage time points. That's the only way it's happening. <laughs> All
0: right. Let's uh let's look over uh, NFC side of the coin now. Tampa Bay goes up to Minnesota. Right now it's Vikings minus six over under 45 and a half. Matt, do you like this Vikings minus six line here?
2: Sorry, I'm chilling. My apologies. Um, well,
0: then you don't get to make a pick, man. You're not even ready. now. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I actually haven't used that as my pick. or one of I five. knew you would. Of course, All come right. on. So Matt's going to go with the Vikings, Minnesota – minus
2: the six here. I think this is actually disrespectful to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean you gotta I'm look no, at it like I this. Understand. I don't understand how this isn't one of those double digit spreads.
0: Well double digit spreads in the NFL don't happen a ton. That's the thing. Tampa but Bay. what I know Tampa Bay, listen what? if you if you don't like, if you like Tampa Bay plus the six that means you think Baker Mayfield can keep pace with the Minnesota Vikings offense? Right.
2: Chance, look, I understand. Yes, I get. Dalvin Cook is not there. Okay, I'm fully aware. They're not going to fall off the face of the earth because of Dalvin Cook. I'm sorry. No,
0: not at all. They'll use a combination of Alexander Madison and the rookie Ty Chandler, who some some say may. Uh, win that RB1 job at some point during the season. But Minnesota, last time I checked, still has Justin Jefferson, drafted Jordan Addison in the first round, still has TJ Hawkinson at tight end, like KJ Osborne from the U, still making plays, like still plenty of weapons in the passing game. Kirk Cousins, um, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC, last time I checked. Obviously, the big key factor in this game is – What does Minnesota's defense look like this season under Brian Flores? We know they were a disaster last year, especially in the playoffs. Does Minnesota's defense get revamped? Are they better schematically? Do they make more plays? Can they not be the reason why Minnesota loses games, but can they be the reason why Minnesota stays in games and gives their offense a chance? Uh, I I would lay the six as well with the Vikings in this one. It's not my pick because Matt made it, but I like it. I know Alex does not think the Bucks are going to be very good at all, so I can't
2: imagine. Hunter, baby.
0: I can't imagine he's high on Baker Mayfield and the lack of running game that Tampa is going to have.
2: Yeah, I just, just what you're offering me nothing, Tampa, nothing, and you're traveling yeah. to Minnesota.
0: Yep. Yeah yeah exactly all right this um this next one we kind of alluded to it a little bit in terms of a uh, a two-team teaser option arizona and washington jesus washington right now the line sits washington minus seven the over under 38 and a half i will go ahead and say that there is a play one of my plays in this one as well i like the over 38 and a half in this ah, one. damn it yeah i do too I like the over 38-and-a-half in this one, and I'm going to tell you why. Arizona will will stumble into a, a, a touchdown maybe, a field goal here and there. Washington will probably dominate them in the red zone, because so mm-hmm. I don't think Arizona is going to be able to run the ball very effectively. But I think the commanders and the offense are going to be able to spread out the Cardinals. The defense has no pass rush between – Jahan Dotson and Antonio Gibson, and Terry McCorn's going to give it a go. I think that there's enough elite-level talent on Washington's offense that they're going to score points. They're not going to be completely inept. We'll see how Sam Howell looks, but let's face it, Sam Howell's better than anybody that Washington was running out there last year. Josh Dobbs is the, is the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. That just lets you know that Arizona is not scoring more than – 13 points tops so you're going to need Washington to get into the 21 range but if you can do that you'd be close to this over under 38 and a half 38 and a half is a low total in the NFL so I like this one a lot I think you might get some unexpected offense um, in this one as far as a key to the game I mean neither of these teams the three of us expect to be very good I don't think Washington falls off the face of the earth I don't think they're as competitive as they were last year. We'll see what Eric Bieniemy, as the offensive coordinator does for Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin and what, what he's able to do using Jahan Dotson all over the field. Uh, as Alex alluded to, Arizona's tanking. We just haven't been able to prove it's on purpose yet, but eventually uh, it's going to be pretty evident. So this one, I don't expect Arizona to really even give much of a fight. Uh,
2: so the only thing I disagree with <laughs> – is I think Arizona's going to put up, like, three field goals. <laughs> like – Well, I
0: mean, they might. They might stall out in the red zone. Maybe they stumble into a touchdown, but field
2: goals, you know, at and, most. And I think this will be a weird game where Washington will look good and then we'll hear about that, which will make this division even more – intriguing to talk about this will
0: be the most excited and the most hyped Washington fans and the new ownership will be all year because they get this cupcake one week one at home feel good yep and then and back, back to reality. reality back to reality <laughs> exactly so we'll see but the play there I've got I'm locking in is the over on 38 and a half with fair Washington and Arizona good call sir now this next one's kind of an intriguing matchup, AFC-NFC matchup. Titans-Saints in New Orleans right now. It's Saints minus three, over under 41-and-a-half. Derek Carr starting with the new team in New Orleans. No Alvin Kamara because he's serving the suspension. Tennessee, still the same old, same old with Mike Vrabel. Still got Tannehill at quarterback. Derek Henry still there at running back. The wide receiver core is the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. They need Traylon Burks to – make a step up in year two. They've got DeAndre Hopkins, um, but we all kind of know what the story is with him. Boomer busts, bust. You know, Tennessee's where older wide receivers go to die is kind of the running joke. What are some of the keys you guys see in this one? I don't have a play in this game. This is an, a 100% stay away game
2: for me. Do you guys have a play in this one? Uh, no, 100% stay away. This is a ugly betting game because it's just an ugly game to begin with. There you go. So what do you guys see as the keys here? Uh, Alex will appreciate this one. What's that? Quarterback play. Yeah, which one doesn't turn it over, right? Uh, I I know he likes to turn the ball over, but uh, I still have a little bit more faith in uh, um, Carr. And I think, too,
0: to add to that, I think this is where you see Chris Olave really start to flourish as as an elite wide receiver one for his team this year.
2: Uh, yeah, I think This Is also going to be just the flatness of Tennessee. Like, it's just a flat team. You're going to see it. They're going to come out looking like they're bored because it's going to be boring. They're a boring team. There's- yeah. Well, Alex, you're not very high on the Titans
0: this year anyway. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean th- this one, like I said, is um, – it's a, it's a stay away from me for a couple of reasons. You got to see, like Matt said, you got to see how Carr looks – Obviously, he can be Boomer bust, but I think he's the better of the two quarterbacks. I think that the the talent on the defense is uh, stacked in the Saints' favor. You know, last time I checked, they still have Cam Jordan and some other – Marshawn Lattimore and other guys running around on that defense. Chris Olave, I think, is the best offensive player on the field. We'll see how Derrick Henry uh, bounces back. Um, I, if I did make a play on this one, I would watch – I would watch that spread. If it got down to the Saints minus two and a half, just that half a point, I would I would take the Saints and uh, the points there. If it stays at three, I'd probably stay away. But if, it, if you're looking at this one Sunday morning and you see the Saints minus the two and a half, I definitely think the Saints can win this game by a field goal. So that's just something to keep an eye out on um, if you're kind of on the fence with this one. Now, this next game, another divisional game, I will say that I have a play in this one. Um, we might all have a play in this one. We'll see. But it's Jaguars-Colts right now. It's a four-and-a-half-point spread. Colts are four-and-a-half-point home underdogs. The over-under is 45 and a half. Do either of you guys have one of your three top plays in this game?
1: Yeah, Jags. Bear down hard.
2: So, Alex, you like, like- the
0: Jaguars minus I've, the four-and-a-half?
2: Uh, I have the Tudors. No way in hell you're going to tell me that age 30 and younger Indianapolis Colts with Anthony Richardson aren't going to get their teeth kicked in by Jacksonville. Get out of here. No, uh, so, I,
0: I had that one as one of mine. So all three of us have Jag lay in the four and a half yeah.
2: on Jacksonville. So Absolutely. that's what we like to call a team ride.
1: Now um, I will say, remember that shit. Hammer I know there's it. a
2: lot to live up to here, and there's a lot of expectations. And I know sometimes the Jags haven't done it, but this is again another spread where I'm like, how is it only that? Yep. So I think to answer your
0: question, this is what I this is what I think Vegas is thinking here. Two things: one, the Jaguars have always started out slow um, to just start the season in general. Two, they've always had tougher games in Indianapolis. And three, I think that they're still skeptical. Of that Jaguars defense, which was bottom ten in the league last year and one of the top five horse when it came to rushing the passer. Good for them. If They're the, not
1: playing a team that's gonna score. So they'd be all right. Yep. Yeah. I'll <laughs> say
0: schematic I'll say schematically the key to this game to watch, the game within the game, is what kind of defense the Jaguars are playing when it comes to coverage. The only way they find themselves getting into any kind of trouble is that the Jaguars run a lot of man-to-man, which means that they've got their back towards Anthony Richardson, and if he starts scrambling, that's going to present a problem. If they just Uh, drop seven or eight in coverage and make Richardson have to read zone coverage, he's going to have a hard time doing that. We know the Colts aren't going to be able to run the ball without Jonathan Taylor. The offensive line has a lot to prove. The wide receivers don't create a lot of separation. Michael Pittman, Jr., Alec Pierce, they're kind of the same guy, possession guys. So it's not a lot of
2: explosion in the Colts offense What's funny? it's Richardson scrambling. What's funny enough, and, I mean, I'm not going to – this is going to be an odd comment, but I actually think the receiver that they lost is actually going to hurt them because I actually she think they did a lot for them last year. I mean, their offense sucked. Like, it was, it was bad.
1: but She marked it off.
2: Yeah. He gets some speed. He get open. He get some big catches. He still had, I think, what sixty uh, receptions. Like, not the easiest thing to always just replace, especially when you got a rookie quarterback. So, and I'll um, say the reason why I like this line, like you
0: guys, is more so because of how good I think the Jaguars' offense could be. Now, the offensive line is the biggest question, but if they if they are serviceable, mm-hmm. I think Lawrence has the skill guys around him where they can dissect. This Colts defense who really has a lot to prove. Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, um, you know, Kenny Moore. Like, those are Pro Bowl players, but there's a lot to prove. I just think
2: Jacksonville's offense is going to be on another level. There's also another key factor, and I'll make this quick, and I'll leave it as my last point for this game. I like the guy. i, I It's gross that he has a Super Bowl with the team that he does. But I think another X factor is you got, you're playing Peterson. Like to open your season, and you got a rookie quarterback that has—I well, mean—and rookie head coach. We got to see how Shane Steichen and it. Like you're talking about, yeah. I think I, I think Peterson's going to outclass him, yeah. like head and shoulders, because I think Peterson's one of the better coaches in the league. So, there's my Homer pick. All right, this next one—the Tom Brady returning to
0: Foxborough game. It's the Eagles and Patriots. Right now, it's Philadelphia minus four, road. Favorite over under 45. Uh, Alex has his three picks in. Matt, do you have a play in this game? I sure do. What do you got?
2: Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm taking Eagles. I, it's gross that I'm doing that, but I got to in the four. Got to put a little logic here. There's not a chance in hell Philly doesn't beat them by more than six points. Yeah, on, so Matt's going with uh, Philadelphia minus four. I. I'm not sure what people are seeing in New England to think that the Eagles are going to not just have their way. Yeah, I, it, it, so
1: it's the why, I, I agree and with it's you. Literally, it, it's the Belichick factor. But
0: the thing, though, yeah, like I just don't think the Patriots offense can keep pace. No, hey, that's, you know, that's, that's funny. exactly where I'm getting at. Like,
1: yeah. Y'all, I don't know if y'all okay, stay what you need to say. I'm gonna throw a little tidbit in here that doesn't it's about football, but it's a little off the wall of what I'm noticing with that team. Go ahead, I love it. Let's go. Devontae Parker made his fucking social media private and is no longer showing up to practice because of that. Belichick went and signed two more wide receivers, no name guys, just to fill in the spot because they don't know if he's gonna be there for game day Sunday. <laughs>
2: I mean that's very yeah. so something
1: what's
0: going on with that team right now. That's not we may to, be we looking at the customers. Swan song for Belichick as a head coach. Yeah, unfortunately do.
1: we knew it was coming eventually. He'll come out of a head coach and they'll they'll um uh, will let him be the general manager and that's it.
0: Yep. Belichick will be the GM and then Gerard Mayo will just take over as the head coach. Yep. I and mean,
2: that's that's scary, to be honest.
0: Yeah. No I problem. Matt, I like your I like your <laughs> Eagles minus four. Like I said, the biggest thing for me is I just don't see I don't see the Patriots being explosive enough on offense to pace what the Eagles can do. Now the, the Patriots defense will show up and be stout enough, but I, I don't think, think so. it's going to, I don't think it's going to matter. And the way that the Eagles can just be explosive and attack you on offense. We know how that six back offense attacks defenses with hurts ability to run and the RPO Rashad Penny and Deandre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell as the three headed monster running back to go along with Hertz. We know about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. I mean, like Matt said, it's just hard to see the Patriots keeping pace with the Eagles um, offensively, which makes you think that absolutely the Eagles could win this thing by a touchdown, maybe even more if it gets really out of hand. So I like that play. Matt gets it. Uh, This next one, big AFC West divisional matchup right out of the gate, which means I won't be watching it, Uh, but I'll keep my eye on it as I'm watching. Uh, You've got the Raiders and the Broncos out in Denver. Right now it's Broncos minus four over under 44. Sean Payton's first game. How does Russell Wilson look? Is the Broncos' defense still a top five defense? Jimmy Garoppolo's first game with the Raiders. How does he click with Devontae Adams? Do the Raiders still dominate in the run game with Josh Jacobs? Is Max Crosby? be going to dominate the matchup um, against the Broncos offensive line. Lots of questions. Uh, I don't have a play in this one. So we'll look at what the keys to this game are. What are you guys looking
2: at? Uh, is Sean Payton really all he thinks he is? Well, we're going to learn right away, aren't we? I mean, I'm not super high on the, the, the Raiders here but I'm going to say it. I I feel more confident in the Raiders than I do the Broncos. I mean, I know the Broncos' defense is really good, but it's really hard to be a top-five defense and then do it again.
0: Well, so when I look at this game, I say to myself, which quarterback do
2: I trust more? And believe it or not, it's Garoppolo. Well, here's the thing. I made a comment when it happened. I still am not – like, again, I'm not high on the Raiders, but, I I mean, at the end of the day, like, Garoppolo just needs – to not turn the ball over and guess what that's all the raiders really need to be able to be a better team because they turn the ball over a lot from record here's my question here's my question to you boys who are the two most elite
0: players in this game regardless of position and team who are the two most elite players in this game
2: i mean i would honestly argue crosby yeah you could probably make Cros- an crosby and adams or i, I mean yeah adams yeah how do I even so, love like that? So I've, I mean, and, Crosby, and they both and they both play for what team? They're oh, it's Raider heavy. I mean, yeah, Rush. Yeah. I mean, not, realistically has been an elite player, but is he now? Oh, I no. You I could even say player, the player. you could say the
0: three most elite players are on the Raiders with Crosby, Adams, and, and Jacobs. Have.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, I, 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 I kind of I, just rest my case right there, and that you know, eventually you look at the matchups where you're kind of torn between two teams that you don't really think highly of, but you say, okay, which quarterback do I trust more? And then where are the elite
1: players? Yeah. I thought you guys were talking about on the offense. I was about to say, no way in hell you got anybody on Denver high.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now the the matchup within the matchup here, that's going to be awesome is Devontae Adams and Patrick Sertan. The second that's
1: going to be that's going to be a non-factor.
0: Well, I, I, oh, can't, I don't think that's going to be a non-factor. I think that's going to be two elite-level players I, matching up against the each reason, other. The reason
1: I say it's going to be a non-factor is because they're going to put two in for him. It's not just going to be Sertan and, and Devontae Adams. If, if, if old head boy over there in Denver has any fucking sense to him after being an analyst for a few years watching what Devontae Adams does, he's putting two on Devontae regardless of who he's got at the corner spot. He will have. Well, to be they can awesome. shade Justin Simmons
0: over there at safety. Yeah. We'll see. I'm just saying that that's a matchup to watch. It's a matchup. But if you look at the elite... of
1: hell, because they got to account for Jacobs behind the line too. Now that he's back with the team, so it, it's not yeah. it's not going to be just Sertan on one. It's going if Sertan gets one on one coverage with Devontae Adams. Devontae's bigger. He's going to get that ball.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to they're going to battle for sure. I don't like I don't like the Broncos run defense. You know, to stop Jacobs in the running attack. I think the Raiders just have the, the edge when it comes to the elite map, the elite level of talent. So we'll see, but it'll be one to uh, pay attention to. Now, another great divisional matchup out in the Pacific Northwest. you got the Rams and the Seahawks. This game went into overtime out in Seattle last year, the last week of the season, where the Seahawks won by a point. This time it's uh, Seahawks minus 5.5, over-under is 45.5. We already know about the Cooper Cup injury. Seahawks are going to be without Jackson Smith and Jigba, but Seattle still plenty of talent on offense. We know the talent they have on the secondary of that defense with Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon. They brought back Bobby Wagner, they got obviously Jordan out. Brooks.
1: What's that? They got JSN as out?
0: Yeah, right now they've got him listed as out. But, I mean, who could – I mean, it can change. It's only Wednesday. Yeah, I-, I mean, even even still, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, I mean, plenty plenty of offensive firepower. I don't have well, I grab a play stuff. in this game, but I do like Seattle. Um, I will say this, though. If there is ever a chance for the Rams to keep one close, it might be this one. Now, Great. without Cooper Cup, it's going to be much more difficult. Matt Stafford, Cam Akers, they're going to have to really con- – protect the ball I don't, I don't know if i can trust cam makers to protect the ball or matt stafford for that matter of fact but seattle
2: a lot of I people didn't. are high on seattle oh, that is true so, I, mean, I like to make fun of seattle um i also find them to be a very annoying team
1: but later
2: but <laughs> look at the look at the players i mean I'm not high on Geno Smith, but I'm going to probably guarantee that he'll probably play just good enough to keep this team competitive. I mean, I do think he is going to fall a little short, and it's going to put some pressure on his team. But I do like, I mean, especially in this matchup, I mean, I actually disagree with you. I don't think the Rams have a chance, honestly. I really don't.
0: I don't think they're going to win it either. I'm just saying if they have a chance to cover a spread, this will be it.
2: I, that would be if Geno Smith starts cold,
0: honestly. No. I mean, Geno Smith threw 11 interceptions in the last five games of the season, and the Rams were terrible last year and lost to him by a point in overtime when the Seahawks had to have it.
1: Rams ain't doing shit this year. I don't to tell you. Point. But
0: I don't, th- I don't think they're doing anything either. I'm just saying if there's a chance for them to cover a spread, of- I mean, there's a reason why you, you, the spread you, is five and a half.
1: You are taking the best player they have in Cooper Cup, and that motherfucker ain't going to be on the field. They aren't doing nothing.
0: Well, Aaron Donald's still their best player. But okay, that's, that's fair.
1: Defensively, yes. Offensively, it was Cup. Now that he's out, it ain't going to help. Yeah, the dude's a I, player. I'm
0: most he- interested to see how Seattle runs the ball with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I just want to see how that two-headed monster looks. I because want to if, see if they I, get that one, they're going to be dangerous. That's dangerous. For you got Point.
1: Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, Tyler Lockie, and DK Metcalf all catching catching balls. They're all pass catchers. They're all good to go, right? Yeah. If you in a PPR, you set homeboy. But Geno Smith got plenty of guys that he can dump the ball off to, and Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet have both shown that they can run okay. up the seam on out on out on the out, and they can hit that a gap. So I would say yeah. that they're scary offensively.
0: Yeah, we all like Seattle in that one. I think they're going to get off to a good start this season. Now, another divisional matchup, NFC North, Packers, and Bears. This one's in Chicago. The Bears are minus one-and-a-half point home favorites over under 42 and a half. The Bears haven't been a home favorite against the Packers since before Aaron Rodgers. That's how long it's been. I, I don't have – I don't have anything on this game in terms of a play. This is this is one of those games where you got to wait and see how Jordan Love looks, how Justin Fields looks. The over-under 42-and-a-half, too tough to say right now. I think both teams have an advantage when it comes to uh, schematics. The Packers have the better defense. The Bears have better playmakers on offense, especially now that they've got D.J. Moore, Cole Kmet at wide receiver or at tight end, Darnell Mooney as the opposite wide receiver. We all know what Justin Fields can do running the football. Um, So I think the Bears on offense have a chance to be explosive as long as they can block Rashawn Gary and the rest of that pass rush. You know, Lucas Van Ness, the rookie first rounder. The Packers have some dudes on defense. If they can protect Fields, I think that he's going to have a chance to make some
1: explosive plays. In this game, and don't be surprised if the Bears get this dub hey, to who you talking about? You talking about Jordan Love making a explosive plays? Justin Fields? Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. You right? I, I, I agree. Yeah, jo,
0: jo, jo, Jordan Jordan Love is a big wait and see for me.
1: I like. I no, like, I, don't... I like this matchup because it's that big divisional matchup between them two, Soldier Field and Lambeau every freaking year. Cheeseheads and Dub Bears. What I like? Nobody's talking about this. What I like is that they went back to that old-school, late 90s, early 2000s Bears logo. They, they about ready to shred some motherfuckers this year, and it's going to be now division.
0: I will say that Here. the one thing to be a little skeptical about is Green Bay's ability to run the ball and the lack of defensive line that the Chicago Bears have.
2: That'd be all right. I can Actually, I don't understand people's upside on the Bears right now. Way too much to prove, in my humble
1: opinion. Um, oh, yeah, lots to prove. I mean they're, – They're much – I'm not talking about for the whole season, but against the, the Packers right now, they are a much better team. Here's the
2: I, – I, I'm going to actually disagree. I think the Packers' defense is significantly enough better than – Oh, they're good. Than any other phase of – any other any other phase of either of these teams. So like the Packers the, defense is the best unit on this in this game. By far. And that's gonna make a difference because I'm gonna I don't think Justin Fields is going to be having a little heyday running all around for 75 yards. Like I don't think it's gonna happen. I think he's gonna yeah. be forced to throw the ball. And granted, I agree, I don't think that there's like no playmakers on this team. They're not completely dead in the water offensively. I just don't trust Fields to be able to make passes to actually take advantage of any of those guys' skill sets. So that's where I think the matchup is to look out for is can Fields actually pass the ball well enough to beat a division defensive heavy team? Yeah, well, that's
0: why I said this is the ultimate wait and see with this game because of the quarterbacks. Now, we're going to get a rematch of a game from last year (laughs) Uh, and in the AFC, you got Dolphins, Chargers out in Los Angeles right now. It's Chargers minus three, home favorite. Over/under is fifty and a half. I'm just going to tell you this right now: the on un- <laughs> the under is is going to come in. The, these teams are not combining for fifty one points. I'm just letting you know right now. And here's here's why: the Chargers always find a way to stall on offense. I know Kellen Moore is a completely different coordinator. He's had the most efficient offense in the NFL the last two years. He scores 71% of the time, touchdowns in the red zone. I understand all that. I get that the Dolphins have no Jalen Ramsey on their defense. They don't run the football. I'm just saying. The quarterback is in
1: prone
0: Don't think that this is going to be some high-flying um, offensive explosion type of game. I'm not making a pick in this game. Um, I think that because of what the Chargers have and what the Dolphins don't going into this game, I think that the Chargers can win and probably could cover the three. If this one went down to two and a half, I would definitely take the Chargers minus the two and a half. I think you can get a field goal from Cameron Dicker uh, to win this game or a late touchdown by Herbert, win it by four or six. I could see that happening. Um, but I'm just telling you right now, if you're looking at the t- at the total for this game, this thing was a had 11 Chargers starters out last year. The Chargers still – and they dominated the game. They made Tua look like he was no, nothing that belonged playing quarterback. And it was still only a 23-16 to 16 football game. So just don't expect there to be a ton of fireworks is all I'm saying. Now, as far as key matchups, we know that it's all about for the Dolphins getting the ball into the hands of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And then for the Chargers, which they did this last year, how do you limit those guys when it comes to run after the catch? That's, that's the biggest key for me in this game is don't let Hill and Waddle make this into a track meet flag football
2: game. Uh, so I actually think the key of this game in terms of what's going to be what changes the dynamic of how this game would normally go is, honestly, Ramsey being out. I think if Ramsey were in, I would agree with you, Steve, because I do think that would kind of hurt the Chargers in terms of just having a little bit more of a free reign. I'm not saying the Dolphins still don't have playmakers by any means. I actually think the Chargers are going to put on a, a fireworks show. Um, I really do. I just think the Dolphins are going to be a team that will be good, but they're going to be sporadic. Um, And that's going to be because of, I think, quarterback play. Let's see what Tua does. Tua did start hot last year. So let's see if he does it again. Uh, I think the Chargers defense being healthy is going to be scary. They've got a lot to prove. If There's a
0: unit in the NFL that has a lot to prove this year. It's it's Brandon Staley and the Chargers defense is probably at one of the top of the list.
1: Listen, 100%. listen. if the Miami Dolphins, they're not going in anyways, but if the Miami Dolphins come out and do some bullshit ass haka to like motivate Tua for gaining weight and getting more Samoan tattoos, it's an automatic L, bro. Automatic. L. Yeah. I mean, why are you yep. the game? not rugby. The game's an automatic L for him anyways, but the game's an L. Why? Oh. Damn, I thought I was a hater.
2: Look, I think the kid don't have it for the NFL as a quarterback. I'm 100 percent on that game, but like,
1: I like that the talent. Damn. Listen, they got talent like, all across the ball. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not oh, arguing man. that. But they're not beating the fucking Chargers, and if they <laughs> no, do, I agree. if they, if the Chargers lose this matchup week one, you better fire that motherfucker immediately. I think. Hear, hear me out on this. The key to this too,
2: the Chargers have this game at home.
0: Yeah, well I mean they had it at home last year. I think that there's another little they caveat be on this gone, one is guys, that Teron Armstead st- might not play for the lot, for the Dolphins on that offensive they line. Will, what on the best linemen? I'm saying that
2: the artists historically don't travel well to Florida.
1: Listen, Staley no, this don't. week one, he better be fired, so, bro. They get they,
2: they get a Florida matchup not having to be in Florida, which helps yeah. that. Well, I think that if you just <laughs> if you just look at if you look at
0: Jimmy's and Joe's I think you can see the advantage with the chargers the line says chargers minus three it's that's something to keep an eye out for like I said. if that thing drops to two and a if that thing drops to two and a half I'd be all over the chargers now let's move it over to Sunday night divisional matchup NFC East, Cowboys Giants uh, this is where my final uh, third um, play is right now the spread is Cowboys minus three and a half road favorites over under is 46 and a half. Listen, my this is my play, and I like I like it just as much as I like the two overs. I like the Giants plus the three and a half here. I think that I think that the defense and Wink is going to give Dak all kinds of fits. I, I like Matt has said all off season. I don't think that Cowboy running game with just Tony Pollard is going to be as dynamic and as significant. The, I, I like the Giants the, defensive line up front.
1: They got the new, I mean, man. yeah, CD,
0: CD lamb is still a playmaker and the Giants' secondary is probably the weakest part of the defense, but give me the three and a half. I like that hook there. And from a betting perspective, I, I think the giants are probably going to win this game outright, but you giving me three and a half
2: at home, prime time. Let, let's go.
1: Yeah. Um, giants being slept on this year and I can't wait.
2: I think, Tried to, like, keep this one out, so that's why I jumped. Because, like I said, I came in with, like, five. So, I kind of rotated as I needed, um, just for everybody to know. But uh, 100%. I hate being a homer because I really try to stay away from being a homer when it comes to picks. I always have. Um, but, damn. I, I, look.
1: We could talk,
2: we, we talk about all the shit that the, the Giants are still lacking or they didn't do this. and already... The key thing. And I, I, Steve already said it, but I'm going to say it again because I'm going to hammer it because I know I'm going to be right on it. There is not a chance in hell that this Dallas run game is going to be anything remotely close. And that is going to make Dak have even more pressure who continuously keeps throwing picks at a phenomenally high rate. And it's awesome. Cause he sucks. I think uh, I think Dallas is going to turn the ball over twice in this game, bro. bro I Bro,
1: ESPN got Dallas Cowboys with the fifth best odds to go to the Super Bowl at six point four percent. I don't know what they're seeing. Look, you're going to see. I'm telling you right now, Wink is going to set
2: the blueprint of how to, like, Steve kind of already alluded, but I'm going to add a player in there. Call me crazy. I know he's boomer bust. I have 1,000% Isaiah Simmons is going to be an absolute key in this game because guess who can stop the run? Isaiah Simmons. Guess who else can stop the run? Bobby O'Karrake. Guess who Wink's going to use in a lot of different ways to just confuse the shit out of them? Both of those guys. So guess what, Dallas? Good fucking luck. You got yeah. one guy that you were hitching your horse to in a run game that was supplemental to the guy that you were obsessed with and loved and was your like absolute god, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. And I know now, I what... like
0: I like this play, and I like exactly what you just said. I, the only the only thing that the Giants have to prove to me in this one is the offensive line's got to be able to block Micah Parsons and Dexter Lawrence,
1: and the rookie corner has got to put up
0: Dexter Lawrence, right. Demarcus Lawrence. Sorry, Demarcus. We Lawrence. start
1: and we start in two corners, baby. Let's go.
0: Yeah, so I mean that, and that's the other thing too Look. is like Alex just said, you got the you got the young corners, you know, having to cover Ceedee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, they're gonna have to step up. But Andrew Thomas will hold down the his own on the left on the left side. Evan Neal's got to make a huge leap forward on the right tackle. The interior offensive line for the Giants with the rookie at center and then the guards those guys have to make hey. a big step forward uh, about that I, I think too. they
1: can but they got to prove it I've talked to a lot of Dallas fans over the last couple of days they are all 100% convinced that all of all of his reps all of Michael Parson's reps will be on that left side against Andrew Thomas and I'm like, yo, if, so that's, the, if,
0: that's the matchup to watch to me. That Parsons see, versus Thomas is cool. just like Adam. If,
1: if McCarthy does that, McCarthy's an idiot because he should automatically I know agree. Our weak side is our right side. We ain't got shit with Glowinski and friggin' Neil on the right hand side. I ain't saying shit that they shouldn't already know as professionals, but if you put in your best rusher, your best defensive player against our best offensive lineman and top three in the NFL, you ain't getting to Jones on his freaking free side. You need to put his ass on the, on the right-hand side, weak side, and hit Jones on the blind side. And if that ain't happening, they fuck-fucked. I mean, they, they like, they fuck-fucked, bro. <laughs> I mean, I just
2: – I just – I struggle to see where Dallas generates sustainability on offense and where, yeah, their defense, we know what it is. It's going to keep them competitive. I 100% will – Buy into that, but I mean, look, I could easily see because we all know how these games go on Sunday night. When it's Dallas Giants, it's a, it's ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas comes out and scores a long touchdown real early with C.D. Lamb. Like, wouldn't it surprise me at all. The problem is, is then what are you going to do? Sustain with Marcus Pollard?
0: Yeah, oh I, like I said, I, I like the, I like or Tony the Pollard. I like it. the number. Good the Lord. Giants plus the three and a half. I like that. Just from a better's perspective, that's a number that I like because of what I think the Giants' defense is going to be able to do. Obviously, we have to see what the how the offense handles things, but I like that, and I absolutely think the Giants can win it. Now, I, yeah. n- another divisional matchup on Monday Night Football. you got the Bills and the Jets also at MetLife Stadium, so uh, two primetime games under the lights there in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Right now it's Bills minus two and a half. Road favorite over under forty six and a half. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers making his debut with all the fancy toys and offseason moves that the Jets made. Um, I don't have a I don't have a play on this one. Um, so we'll just preview the matchup. Obviously, you've got an elite level quarterback in Josh Allen. Uh, you've got a Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers, but he didn't have a great year last year, so he still has he still has to prove that he still got it. Um, there's more offensive cohesion with the Buffalo Bills. There's more offensive weapons and talent with the New York Jets. The defenses, I think, are both going to present problems. The Bills' defense flies around, has speed. The Jets' defense has an elite front seven, and it's obviously Sauce Gardner there at corner. It's going to come down to, does Josh Allen protect the football in the red zone? If Josh Allen is not a turnover machine, he dominates football games. Dominates. And I think that him and Diggs are still going to click. We'll see what the defense looks like for the Bills without Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker. Matt Milano's still there. Tredavious White's still there. Micah Hyde and poyer they're older, but they're still there. Von Miller's healthy. They need a big year out of Greg Russo rushing the passer, but the Bills can still fly around on defense. McDermott's calling the plays on defense now that Leslie Frazier's not there. There's a lot more to prove on the head coaching side with Robert Sala. But at the end of the day, we know that in big-time matchups, elite-level quarterbacks making elite-level plays usually wins the game. I like the Bills. I would lay the two-and-a-half with Buffalo. I think that they could find a way to win this game um, by the field goal. I don't have a play on it. If I made one, that would probably be it. But I would watch this line because you might get some late money on the Jets that could um, bet that line um, down a little further. Uh, what do you boys see as a key here?
2: It's. I feel like this is a very um... – the Jets could get lost in the hype train, couldn't they? I, I could see it, but there's just something that tells me they won't. I don't know what it is, and it's really annoying, and I hate it. Um, I, I just I don't see it. I, I don't
0: also... think they're going to have the cohesion and click right away. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how ready they're and in, in sync they're going to be.
1: Listen, I I don't, I don't have nothing negative to say about either team. I also have nothing positive. About either <laughs> fucking team, team. I mean, we'll be locked
0: into it because it's going to be an intriguing so, matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Monday night. We're we're watching oh. this.
1: Um, you got you you look at you look at what's going on with Buffalo, right? And they got no running backs still. They got a rookie freaking tight end and Dalton Kincaid, who's obviously the number one they got now. They got Josh Allen who's been struggling the last two seasons. And then you get you go, you throw in the mix of Stefan Diggs having another prima donna moment and not wanting to play for the team that he's playing for. He's there, but you know he's checked out. So uh, that just spells disaster. And then you go and you you bring Nathaniel Hacker, who just got fired as a head coach over to Dallas, and Aaron Rodgers can't say enough positive things about him. You think he's his own freaking father. Um, and then you look at everything else that they got going on, right? They got, they got, they went and got Dalvin Cook and they went and brought Alan Lazard over, for Christ's sake. And then, yeah, you got, you got Garrett Wilson and, Reese hall. You got a couple of good guys over there, right? they both teams have talent on both sides of the ball. I, I think they do. Yeah. I think defensively. Um, I think the jets have more talent and a younger perspective, but Buffalo has more yeah. of a veteran president. So it could go either way with this team. Um, New York jets are definitely getting the media hype. Buffalo bills. Aren't seeing much hype at all, even though they're the only New York team. Um, So it's gonna be interesting. Again, I can't say anything bad about either one. I also can't say anything good. So this is a fun to watch for me. But it's it'll be fun to watch. It'll it'll definitely be fun because if if Buffalo loses this game, oh, you people are never gonna hear the end of it. But if if the Jets don't win this game, oh, we're never gonna hear the end of it.
2: Yeah, the one like proclamation I'll make on this game, and I'll keep it quick. I actually think the big X factor in this is the veteran. Like you already said, it's the veteran experience of the Buffalo Bills defense in big games that I think will help them be able to win this game because I think you look at it, again, I mean, you kind of almost have like the big brother and Aaron Rodgers to Allen and, you know, Bills. And then, you know, defensively the Jets are definitely younger and got a hell of a lot of talent. But I will always put up, give me what defense has more experience at a higher level. I'm taking them. So, my my point to watch is watch how the Buffalo um, defense can kind of control and dictate and slow down um, the Jets' offense to give the Bills a lot better shot. I got yeah, the Buffalo, they can okay. definitely frustrate that Jets' offense, no doubt about it. I, I so. got, some Buffalo, I
1: got some Buffalo primaries there, man, and they're not doing a lot of shit talking like they normally do. Like, I don't hear nobody saying it's the first week of the season, I'm bringing out some fucking tables. So, well, they're worried about <laughs> this game. I think there's
2: a sense in Buffalo where it's buckle up. This is going to be a tough, long road of, hey, this is going to be the year that we either do it or we don't. Yeah, I mean, they got to put up um, or
1: shut up, and I don't have them getting to the Super Bowl this year. So.
2: I think there, I think what it is is I think, believe it or not, I think it's a fan base that's smart enough to go, hey, look, we're still going to hype up our team, and I will still break a table because let's be real, they're going to break tables. But it's at a like, more like, hey, uh, we might not have that as much – you know, coming the next like season or two. Again, I, I actually think that the Bills are going to end up kind of teetering it way more in their favor because of the defense. Nah, this could go either
1: way. Yeah. Their, their game really could. It's going to be funny as shit to watch. Yep. Yeah.
2: All right. So we
0: uh we went through week one preview. We'll recap the the plays that we have as our top plays. Alex has Detroit plus five and a half against the Chiefs on Thursday night. He's got the under 47 and a half in Cincinnati and Cleveland. And then he's got the Jaguars minus four and a half against the Colts. Matt's got the over 43 and a half in Houston and Baltimore. Matt's got Minnesota minus the six uh, at home against the Bucks, And then Matt's also got Philadelphia minus the four on the road against the Patriots. I have the over 39 and a half in Carolina and Atlanta I've got the over 38-and-a-half in Washington and Arizona. And then I've got the New York Giants plus the three and a half at home against the Cowboys. So those are the top three plays from each of us this week. Uh, so if you go out there and play them, hopefully you make some money on them. Um, it's going to be a great week one in the NFL. We're looking forward to it. Obviously tons of storylines, but the NFL season is finally here. Uh, And it's going to be a doozy. So for myself and Matt and Alex, it's been another episode of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time. And we will see you next week.